In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, Arizona, talks with pastors and leaders as they share their testimonials about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome, everybody. We're glad to have you listening in to us on Monday afternoon. And uh, today on The Kingdom and Its Stories, we have a pastor of an Ethiopian refugee church, who primarily of Ethiopian refugees, here in the, in the valley. And his name is Asfa Bekele. And Asfa, welcome. We're so glad that you joined us today. And um, I, I want to begin by uh, asking you some questions. And um, so you yourself are a refu- not a refugee, but you're an, an immigrant from Ethiopia. Is that right? That's correct, Bob. Okay. How many years ago did you come to the U.S.? Uh, I, I came here at the uh, end of 1999, so okay. almost uh, about 20 years. Yeah, okay. Well, I know it's late to say it, but welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> We're glad to have you here. I'm so glad to have you, your wife, and your two daughters. Um, Asfa, you're a pastor of a church. What church is? What's the name of your church? The name of our church is uh, Elbetal Evangelical Missionary Church, uh, this uh, Ethiopian church, Amharic-speaking church. Okay, so you you speak Amharic, and um, do you have services also in English? Uh, yeah, the, the, the second generation is uh, holding uh, the service in Amhar. I mean, in English uh, every Sunday morning. Okay, where right. we do the Amharic service. Well, just to give us a feeling for your congregation, how many people do you have in the uh, Amharic service on Sunday morning, and how many in the English service? Oh, uh, well, the total amount we have is about uh, so the membership for our church is about two hundred thirty people, okay, including children, and uh, so. Uh, I think uh, oh, the big, the market speaking is a little bit bigger than uh, the English service, the children ministry and the youth ministry. Okay, so it's so, roughly yeah. equal, roughly uh, yeah, equal in yeah, terms almost, of the yeah. first generation and the second generation. So, right. Okay. Well, Esfa, I want to ask you. How how did you come to know Jesus personally? Did you come to know Jesus in the U.S. or in Ethiopia? No, actually, I came to uh, Christ to, uh, in Ethiopia. So uh, uh, I came to Christ when I was in high school, early high school. Okay. And so as you know, for any Ethiopians, my background was Orthodox or Coptic Church. So okay. My family was uh, uh, 
Oculus background at all. Um, that is uh, uh, so. Uh, just somebody uh, uh, witnessed to me about Christ, and then I gave my I gave my life uh, to Jesus Christ. So, how did that? How did you meet that person who witnessed to you? If you came from an Orthodox background, and, um, and obviously, I mean, my guess is it wasn't inside the Orthodox Church. So how how did you meet this person who introduced you to Jesus? Actually, at that age, I was uh, um, very um, against Christianity um, uh, during those days. But uh, there was, uh, you know, the Ethiopia uh, political situation was very bad. And it was uh, uh, um, going toward the communism. Mm-hmm. And so uh, somehow I involved in that um uh, uh, politics. So then uh, I start denying the existence of God, and uh, also uh, I I start denying the existence of uh, uh, evil or uh, devil, whatever. So um, at that point, uh, uh, there is a situation where I had to personally uh, uh, die. So when I died, I went to uh, hell. Uh, so I didn't enter into uh, you know the depths of hell, but uh, it somehow I I was at that edge of the hell. I knew that of hell is very dark and in a bad place, mm-hmm. and so I heard uh, a voice uh, coming out of that deep pit uh, saying, uh, "This is the death. This is the eternal death." So uh, I I got scared too much, and then, so. Mm-hmm. From uh, from above me, from my right side, uh, looks like uh, you know from uh, heaven. I heard uh, a voice coming to me saying, "God is existing." Wow! So at, at that point, um, I went back to my body. So I, I I actually I said to myself, "Wow, I didn't know that God is existing." Mm. So uh, in that situation, they they took me to hospital and then. Uh, the first person who told me about Christ was uh, the one, the person I met. I think he's a nurse, something mm. like that. So uh, he told wow. me about Jesus Christ and uh, about the, the way of uh, eternal life. And uh, that was the beginning of my uh, knowing about God, wow. even though my background is so orthodox, but really I didn't uh, wasn't deep in that, and I, I wasn't really believed. Mm. What why my my parents was believing. So, at the end of the day, to make sure, uh, a guy who was coming from a church Saturday evening, yes. uh, stepped by just by my house, and then he uh, he knocked on my door. I opened, and he came in, and he said, uh, "Can you share uh, with your love of Christ?" And then I said, "Okay, I can listen." Mm. So I listened to him, and and. Uh, at the end, uh, he left, but uh, I couldn't sleep the whole night. And his uh, his uh, testimony was just uh, loud in my head. And, and so wow. uh, Sunday very morning, I got up and I went to a church that I knew that time. So the preacher was preaching my life, and, and there I gave uh, <laughs> at the end of the ceremony he invited, you know, sinners' invitation. And so. Uh, at that point, I stood up, and uh, somehow somebody pushed me, or you know, off my tail, my feet, 
and and so uh, yeah, that was very serious, Bob. And uh, so I was walking toward the stage without almost uh, knowing what else I was doing. And mm. so I I just uh, uh, you know that uh, prayed with the, the preacher, the repentance as in the serious repentance of prayer. So. Wow. And I had a packet of cigarettes in my pocket when I was doing all that. So as soon as I leave the church, I took out uh, uh, that cigarette from my pocket and I smashed it on the on the street. <laughs> and nobody teaching me about that. It seemed this is you know not same yeah. kind of thing. So M- must have been the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, today, yes, that time I did. Well, so. You know, coming to Christ and then deciding to be a pastor, there's a big leap or distance between that. So how did you, um, what was it that that caused you to want to be a pastor? Uh, it didn't take me a long time, Bob. And, and so uh, uh, it's so amazing to me. My, my change was very radical. Everybody knew I became a Christian in my neighborhood, and, and so mm-hmm. that's why I told you yesterday it is hand by hand, you know, hand, you know. Uh, so I start sharing, I start preaching. And it is even I wasn't uh, a weak, uh, a weak Christian believer. Mm, wow. So I start, uh, yes, you know, praying over my next day, Monday morning when I was going to school, I I prayed over my food and something like that. So. Somehow that developed in me uh, in the rest of my life to serve God kind of thing. I didn't know where I got those kind of, you know, it was in me. Wow. So I started developing that and just, uh, uh, you know, learning about it. And and so then I had to go through the discipleship and then, uh, then get baptized. And so... Wow. At one point, God clearly called me to a ministry. Well, you know, it, it sounds to me like like um, you didn't decide to become a pastor. God called you. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a, a direct work of the Holy Spirit of God calling you. Well, when you came to the States, you'd, been, you'd, you'd gone to seminary um, in Eastern Europe, and then you, you, you ended up here— and um, how, when you beca- when you became a pastor, what was your vision, and what is it now for the church? W- you know, what is the purpose of the church in the community? Oh well, um, so uh, becoming a pastor or doing the work of the kingdom of God is not my own agenda. It is the agenda of God. And, God is the one who put it. Okay, and then so what is God's agenda for the God's church and agenda, the community? I think God's agenda is the body of Christ, myself, as a minister, as believers, yes. express his deeper love, the love that he showed, uh, uh, you know, the deeper love that he showed through Jesus Christ. Yes. Giving his son, his only son, is the expression of his love. So uh, uh, I think I'm here since I become a Christian to express that love okay. uh, to sinners, to others. So the biggest vision of God is everybody to be saved. Okay. So for that purpose, I'm living here. We are living here. You are living here. The body of Christ is living here as a body, you know, also as a 
you know, uh, believer uh, to reach out to uh, the sinners and uh, bring them to God, you know. That is the, the, the way the reconciliation uh, will happen through that work of Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. Okay, if, if, if your vision of the Church is for the body of Christ to reach out into the community to express God's love, how do you prepare your people to reach that vision? Yeah, there is one important thing that you mentioned yesterday. When uh, I think uh, this is what Jesus has done when he came to this this world, his first his first uh, uh, focus was uh, training those uh, disciples. Yes, uh, to make them ready for the time that he lives, and then it's, you know, because the work is uh, to the end of the world, and so uh, something you know, this is a big project. This is a big agenda. God is putting in somebody's hand. So that agenda or project cannot be just done without readiness, without preparation, okay. without equipping, equipping the same. Uh, so uh, I think church, one of the priority work of church is equipping the same. Okay. That they might be qualified to uh, reach out to the community, take the gospel to, to, uh, to uh, the world. Okay, all right. So you're saying then that your vision for the church is that the church expresses God's love in the community. And the way you do that is you prepare God's people, you train them to be able to reach out. Is, am, am I summarizing what you said? That's correct. So, yeah, what, just, you know, uh, I think there is two purposes that has to be accomplished in the church. Okay. We have to prepare as a minister of God, the church, to reach out to the community. Okay. So we have to disciple. We have. I know when we we think of the discipling thing, uh, today's day is very challenging. People don't want to be discipled, but the truth doesn't change. So we have to disciple. Okay. Uh, we have to equip, then send them out in every area of you know. Uh, Needed. At the same time, we have to prepare the body of Christ for the King who is coming at the same time. So okay. this goes uh, hand to hand. To hand. So, uh, All yeah. right. Thank- uh, for those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to Tales of the Kingdom. And with, with us today, we have Pastor Asfa Bekele, who is uh, an Ethiopian pastor of an Ethiopian church in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Asfa, what are some of the things, what are some of the stories that you um, and your people uh, have been doing to demonstrate God's love in the community? Okay, so in, in, a, in a two ways that we are uh, uh, engaging currently or in the past or in the future, we might, uh, you know, work on this more. So we are trying to reach out to the community where we are living in, in Phoenix, Arizona. How do you uh, do that? Uh, uh, we do that by um, uh, going out and sharing uh, the gospel with others. And also we do that in the practical way by uh, uh, just personal connection, by helping people. Uh, that they can see Christ through our love, through our, um, uh, you know, sacrificial love, not only 
uh, what we say in words, but you know, practically. Well, what are uh, some examples? What are some examples, Asfav, of how you practically reach out? Okay, so uh, really, uh, when I uh, if I mention about uh, Ethiopian community as a refugee or as immigrant coming to USA, uh, most of the time that's my priori, uh, priori, uh, prior priority, you know, um, responsibility. So uh, that I have, I share God's love by helping them, uh, you know, being. Uh, um, established here and and uh, find a job and find uh, um, um, uh, you know a driving uh, getting a driving license and, okay. and so you involve in the person's daily life uh, very much okay. because uh, you know when they come to the, the you know different culture it is not easy to cope with that so. Um, uh, we we do express our love by doing that. We when we do that, I really don't mind. Uh, I mean, sometimes even there are other people where I help from uh, Africa. I mean, it's not only from uh, Ethiopia, there is the rest of Africa. So, any any time I get opportunity to support people, to help people, if I have to give give a ride, my uh, driving, uh, you know, my um, yes. Uh, what is it? Uh, so uh, I really drive a lot. That's what I'm doing. So <laughs> my mileage is double than anyone else. Because, yeah. Because because helping people. Okay. So that is the way I can express my love to people. So they see Christ in me when I do that. Yeah. See? Amen. So there are people who ask me to come to my church. I didn't invite them because yeah. of what I did, because of what I was sharing, because of what I was you know, um, sacrificing for them, my time. Sometimes it might be my money, right? maybe my car. And so I think that way uh, people uh, uh, get to know whom we are uh, believing, whom we are serving, yeah. whom we are belong to. So that is the way I can express God's love to people. Then that way... Um, uh, we can share the gospel of God in the city area. So, more than that, we have a big mission in Ethiopia. Okay. That we are that uh, we started 2003. Uh, so, I think uh, uh, Brother the Malash, who is the one who helped us to start that church planting right. himself on the paperwork, and then he's in the in our um, you know uh, board of members. Yes. So, uh, 2003, we started from scratch. We went to the rural area where nobody don't want to go. Yes. And south of Ethiopia, border to Kenya. And so, we started 2003. We planted over 60-plus churches. 60, 60 churches? Yes. Wow, yeah. We are. We, this is a small church, you see, in Phoenix. is supporting more than 65 uh, full-time ministers. Wow. Paying their salary, mm. and so uh, we don't have that much, uh, you know, donors. Uh, you know, this is just coming out of our own people, focus uh, from elevated evangelical missionary church. Wow! So uh, that's why we changed our name in 2003 because we heard the urgency of God speaking to us to reach out to the unreached uh, people of Ethiopia in southern part, which is dominated by, by Muslims. Yeah, so, so you're not only 
So, so let me get this right. You have roughly 200 people in your church, and uh, and you're supporting out of the own resources of primarily a, a refugee or immigrant Ethiopian community. You're supporting um, 60 churches and helping to pay the salaries of the pastors of those churches. Is that, did I understand that right? Correctly, yeah, you did. That's amazing. You truly are a missionary church, not only locally, but internationally as well. That is so impressive. Uh, what okay. what an example. Maybe you don't know, but I'm just curious, because I've been missions chairman in the past of my local church. What percentage of your budget, of your total income, goes to missions? Over 30% of our budget is going to mission. Over 30%. Praise the Lord. That's yeah. really exciting. Well, um, now I know that you've you've told me what you do. Can you tell me a story of what some of your people have done in the local community here in Phoenix to dem- to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Oh, uh, yes. Um, so, uh, uh, as I as I said, and you know, in any in any case, we we uh, we share love, uh, Christ's love, and so because of our very mission. Uh, centered uh, church. Yes. Uh, we decide uh, some of the Sundays to close the church in the court to go out and reach out to people uh, in different ways on the street and then knocking door to door. And and also there are times where we reached out to, uh, you know, homeless people. Uh, I mean, not only one time, a uh, couple of times, and then just, you know, by hunting uh, something that they can eat and uh, sharing the clothes and things like that. And so we do that with our neighbors uh, and and also uh, just uh, going to the you know shopping area and uh, and those kind of things. So anytime we, we, we meet people in need at the same time, we believe that the holiness of, you know, the gospel, so we don't, we don't uh, pull back to do what we can do to help the people at the same time, uh, believing that it is not only word, but also, you know, sharing what we have with with people right. to express God's love. So we have done that with many people, uh, families and, and, and individuals, and so um, a, a lot of things like that. Okay, yeah. I, I have a sort of... Uh kind of theological question for you. Okay. Okay. If you knew that the person or the people that you're reaching out to would not respond to Christ, would you reach out to them if you saw that they had a need anyway? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, yes. Uh but um, I think um, uh, at the end of the day, uh, my my responsibility is not discriminate discriminating people, okay. but uh, to reach out to everyone, every culture, every color. No, uh, no matter what their response is, no matter. Be. Yeah, 
No yeah. matter what background, no matter what they believe, no matter. It might be Muslim or Hinduism or, you know. Right. Uh, so, that, that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't get mad because people don't receive what I tell them about Jesus Christ, you know. God is the one. God sends us to be his agent, not ju- judges. You know, we are not just here to judge. Amen. But to express God's love. You know, you know, Bob, it's uh, amazing. People who resist the love of God, first time I, I share with them, eventually, you know, by pursuing, by just being, staying afraid, connecting, not to change, yes. they eventually came to Christ. I know those kind of people. <laughs> Amen. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, Asfa, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us your vision of the church in the community, and even, in your case, internationally, in a big way. Uh, It's so inspiring for me to hear your personal testimony and to see how God is using you to equip your people to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. God bless you, Asfa. Thank you, Bob. God bless you, too. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their community. Today's testimony of God's love not only inspires us, but now we ask God how he wants us to demonstrate his love in a similar way with others in the church towards our neighbors. Also consider sharing the kingdom and its story with others through the media tab at harvestfoundation.org.